0: You're listening to Minor Talk, on demand, exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It's Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis And the Miners have now won five straight games for the first time. Since all the way back in 2017, huge win for the Miners tonight as they rally back. I mean, how many times have we said that those words right there? Rally back and defeat the Florida International Panthers by 11. 79-68 is the final score and a very balanced scoring effort from a lot of Miners tonight. If you would like to talk about this game with us, uh, now is the time to get on with us. 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter where we have a poll going on right now asking everybody to react after the Miners have now won five straight. They are 13-8 overall. They are um, right now in Conference USA 6-3. and three. Where will they finish in Conference USA with nine games left? We have a poll up on on uh, social media right now. First through third is one of the or one of the poll. Um, uh, I guess the poll votes that you can put in for the minors to finish off the year. Fourth through seventh is the one that follows. Then it's eighth through 10th in Conference USA, and then finally 11th through 14th in this league. But the Miners win by 11 tonight, a balanced scoring effort by a lot of different scorers. Sule Boom with a season high, 32 points on another efficient night, 11 of 16 from the floor. Titus Verhoeven chipped in with a double-double, 14 points, 13 rebounds. You had Jamal the, uh the do-it-all guy for this UTEP team, 13 points and 6 assists while Alfred Hollins following that buzzer beater win against Florida Atlantic he chips in he chips in with 11 points as well he's starting to find his own swagger and uh, helped out a lot tonight for the miners really like the game from Christian Agnew uh, off the bench in this one and the miners rally back after trailing in this game they were losing 48 to 40 with five minutes in, uh, five minutes into the second half and then they went on a 10-0 run they really never looked back they were able to distance themselves by as much as 13 points in the second half. And uh, credit to the Miners because it wasn't pretty in the first half, but they rallied back, Sal, in the second half, and that's the basketball that they want to be playing right now is, uh, uh-huh. re- you know, resilient, uh, finding a way to win, gritty and tough on defense, and that's what the Miners showed in the second half.
1: Yeah, and, and that uh, right there is going to be the key moving forward. You know, can they have the other team play in a way where uh, they're not as efficient and the Miners I- I- by doing that, you know, putting their opponent in in that kind of uh, you know predicament that is what's gonna uh, give this team a chance uh, to win the game you know it's one thing to have a chance to compete then to have a chance to actually win you know those are two different things and we've, we've kind of seen that progression uh, throughout this five game win streak and when I'm looking at these numbers Adrian and I'm sure we'll, we'll go over uh, plenty more of them later on but defense was the key tonight I mean we're looking at one steal for uh, for FIU as a team and then we see nine steals for the minors right there the, the, that right there was uh, one of the Biggest differences uh, when it came to uh, when it came to this game, and then also uh, UTEP getting ten more points than uh, FIU when it came to scoring off of a turnover. So UTEP had seventeen, FIU with seven. Uh, defense was uh, kind of like the catalyst for this team uh, to overcome, you know, the the hard times that they were having in the first half so to speak but great great performance on the defensive side
0: yeah uh, 17 points I like that you highlighted that one Sal 17 points off 17 turnovers of mm-hmm. the Miners forced uh, I like the fact that you mentioned the nine steals it was led by Christian Agnew who had three I thought Agnew was all over the place tonight and um, there, there's a lot that we can get into about the specifics about this one so if you'd like to get in w- uh, with us now's the time to do it Eight eight zero five seven six three. that's our telephone number we'll Give out some awards later on in the show. Our hot hand of the game, thanks to Wind Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game, brought to you by Keats Southwest. Uh, but the Miners get an 11 point win and they complete the five game win streak. Sal, we called it yep. when it first started, when they first beat Old Dominion, we said that the Miners had the opportunity to. I don't want to say that I called it. That's that's really not we, fair. We,
1: we we called it that uh that it was there, but uh yeah, I don't think either of us had had this team going 5 and 0.
0: Yeah, but they did it. They went 5 and 0 through this stretch. They beat Old Dominion, UTSA twice, a tough Florida Atlantic squad on Thursday on a buzzer beater and they beat FIU at home by 11. Now the Miners have a s- tough Tough stretch. Let me let me bring it to you here. So it's North Texas next Thursday on the road. Uh the mean green right now are first place in the Conference USA West Division. Miners, by the way, I think they're like third or fourth in the Conference USA West Division after their win. Yeah, they're fourth behind UAB, who is seven and two, La Tech, who is seven and two, mm. and then there's the miners at six and three. But point is miners play the mean green on Thursday. Then they turn around and play Rice, who's breathing down their neck and the Conference USA West standings at 5-4, and 12-8 overall. Uh, a pretty, you know, a Tier 2 team like we were discussing on Thursday. They're in that Tier 2 in Conference USA, and uh, Rice is another really good team that the Miners have to play next week. That's on Saturday. So, you're talking about a tough Texas road trip for the Miners following a five-game win streak in which, mm-hmm. hey, they squeeze past Florida Atlantic. They push past uh, FIU despite a tough first half, and now the miners they're they're gonna have to try to um, you know take all this momentum they had through these five games and take it on the road when it really matters it, it, against North Texas Rice and then they come back home Super Bowl Sunday game against Marshall uh, then they then they take on Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss on the road. Yeah, these next five games are going to be tough for the Miners. I, I think that, you know, when you look ahead, you have four of your next five games on the road, and then the Miners close out the year with uh, with three away and then three at home. So interesting way that the Miners are going to kind of close out the season. Yeah. Nine games left in this stretch. And, Sal, this is the, the opportunity for the Miners. Again, we talk about that word, opportunities. The Miners are playing good basketball. Let's see if they can steal one on the road. That's the biggest thing right there.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Adrian uh, it, it's a challenge uh, all the way throughout the rest of the season and I'm going to bring this to you we mentioned the uh, North Texas and Rice game and then uh, you brought up the Super Bowl Sunday game against Marshall although Marshall is last place in uh, in the Eastern Division this is a team that beat UAB not too long ago as well so That's right uh, all, all they need is a puncher's chance it, it's it's going to be a battle I mean and then right after they get Marshall congratulations you are in Louisiana Tech <laughs> so I, I mean it There's really no easy way... uh out to to get you know near the top of the conference, but if they can do it through grit, if they can do it through hard work, that that aggressive style defense, I think they're they're going to give themselves a chance. It, it also uh, depends on how they're shooting that night. Don't get me wrong. Very true. But um, as long as they play defense, uh, they're, they're going to have something to hang their hats on.
0: Yeah, and they're going to hang in games the, if as yeah. long as they play that that defense that you're talking about, Sal. I mean, tonight what we saw was FA, uh, FIU uh, going on a thirteen to two run to close out the first. First half, the miners kind of had a bad taste at the end of the break. The Panthers led thirty-eight to thirty-six, uh, and then the miners had a forty-three point uh, second half, and they used that to distance themselves against the Panthers. It was kind of mm. close back and forth, um, uh, you, you know, in the first part of the second half. But then in the second part of the second half, that ten minutes, the final ten minutes of this game, the miners had it under wraps. They they had all the momentum on their side. They were locking up defensively, creating. Turnovers. Mm. Sule Boom was getting to the basket. They were getting, uh, you know, scoring efforts from the likes of Titus Verhoeven. Which, by the way, best stat I- I've heard. I mean, stat of the year is Let's see. Uh, Titus Verhoeven when he scores in double figures. The Miners all time. I mean, since last year, the year before, all time they are undefeated. How crazy is
1: that stat right there? <laughs> I want to do some more digging and see, uh, and see the games that he played out at Duquesne that were on the same night where the miners played and him scoring double digits as well. Let's see if that. Oh holds
0: man. True. That's crazy right there. Hey, uh, let's go to our poll really quick before we get to Twitter. This is on 600 ESPN El Paso. It's a minor Talk poll that we have going up. UTEP has now won five straight. They're 13-8 overall. Where will the Miners finish in Conference USA with nine games left? So far, the leading answer is... Uh, It's 4th through 7th. That has 52% of the votes right now. We've got about 30 votes that came in uh, just about about 15 minutes ago. 44% of the votes say 1st through 3rd. So, people drinking the yeah. Kool-Aid yep. after a five-game win streak right there. Yep. If we asked this question before this five-game win streak and when the Miners just lost to Charlotte, I think we would have had a lot more people vote for that 8th through 10th um, uh, finishing in Conference USA or 11th through 14th. But right now, overwhelmingly, we have mo- the majority of the votes going 1st through 7th for the Miners finishing in Conference play. That's an interesting right there, Sal.
1: Yeah, big time, especially when uh, – we took a lot of calls that night, and people weren't too happy with the performance. And they were
0: upset. Some people said that they so, were yeah.
1: they were done. Some yep. people were ready to finish the season right they, there. They, they wanted to say Golding this, Golding that, and now uh, this coach Golding has these guys, uh, you know, right in a five game win streak. But I mean, the season still has to continue after that. Uh, that's a whole other argument in its own. But but back to uh, you know how um, how different this team has been playing throughout this five game stretch. They, they look rejuvenated. They look revamped. Like, they have something to prove as well. I think they took those games personally. They took that UA game, a UAB game personally. They took the Charlotte game personally. I mean, this team is really trying to bounce back in a big way. And I'm, I'm noticing a trend, too. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, the, I don't know if it's a hashtag, but it's like a model that they have called Street Fight. Yeah. It, it's a Jamal enemy line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's real interesting right there, Sal. I also think that... Every time UTEP, during this five-game, they haven't led throughout the whole game in, in one of these uh, you know games that they've won. It. Wire, yeah. yeah, so they've had to claw back in these games. They've had to f- battle through adversity in games, and it's because they find themselves in little ruts throughout these games. And and I've been impressed how, even at times where they look bad, just flat-out bad, they're able to kind of uh, pick themselves up out of those stretches of those tough lulls and uh, produce some strong basketball. That's that's a sign of a resilient team. That makes you feel confident moving forward into the late parts of conference play, into the tougher parts of conference play, even the conference tournament. That makes you way more confident knowing that this team knows what it takes to battle out of ruts or battle out of uh, poor efforts. And I feel like you got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for helping them adjust in games. That That's why they're able to do that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all about making those changes when things aren't going to 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 what you have planned throughout. You know, when things aren't going according to plan, they could go off the rails extremely quickly. And it is nice to see them, you know, overcome those obstacles. But also, too, when you're going to go up against the likes of North Texas, Louisiana Tech, you know, the UABs, the top dogs of the conference, that margin for error becomes significantly slimmer. So to dig yourself in a hole is basically granting the team some free points. And and that is going to be a lot tougher to overcome down the stretch. However... We are seeing them uh, climb themselves out of those holes uh, throughout this stretch, and it is promising, especially when we hadn't seen that earlier on in the season. Eight
0: eight zero five seven six three. 5763 that's our telephone number to get into the show. You tell us, where will UTEP finish in Conference USA? Let's go to Twitter real quick, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. This uh, gets things started from Pinky out in Santa Teresa, uh, Teich and Yellen are so great listening to them on 600 ESPN El Paso. Go Miners hashtag #MinerTalk. This coming from Tortuga EP. These refs are horrible. Uh King Eric tweets his show. This wasn't a pretty game in the first half, but they found a way. Sule looked like a man possessed today hitting threes like crazy. Florida International did not have or did have really good ball movement, which created a lot of good looks for them. Now on to next week, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to just harp on that last uh-huh. part that uh, Eric said. On to next week, it wasn't a pretty night. It wasn't a night that you're going to get super excited for the miners uh, winning. But following an emotional victory like they had Thursday, a buzzer beater where yeah. everybody was celebrating a little too much, you know? Hey, you get a little too excited off those buzzer beater victories, which understandably so. I mean, these are college kids; they, they're younger guys. Guys who want to relish in the big moments. I get that. I'm all for that. But, you know, it's another thing of turning around 42 hours later and mm-hmm. taking on a fresh new opponent who has a bad taste in their mouth like Florida International did after they lost to UTSA on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The Panthers wanted to steal at least one on the road, yet the Miners were able to fend them off, rally back in the second half despite a first-half deficit, and, uh, and and took home this win. That's a, a solid job by this team who's kind of learning and growing Growing as the season uh, moves along, you even heard from Joe Golding post game talk about how he's learning game after game.
1: Yeah, big time, and I like how you brought up the uh, the part where you know you don't get too caught up in the hype. You know, it's kind of like you get invited to to dinner, but. To celebrate, but how much are you going to eat? Really, you know, are you going to eat more than really you can chew? And and going into this game, I don't want to say that was the vibe they gave off because I think that we were engaged for all forty minutes. Um, but the final twenty minutes is really where they are locked down. So I really, really like the response though after the the game winner. I mean, a game where they only scored what was it fifty four points? Yeah. And, and you look at it tonight; they have uh, I think twenty five more points than that. I mean the the offense that they were able to dis- to display tonight is what they're going to need going forward in conference USA. would say and also Adrian I, I believe uh the-, the tweet had mentioned uh assists or ball movement I'm going to bring this up to you as well with uh with Florida International they finished with 12 assists but the minors one assist shy of 20 19 assists so that shows that they're moving the ball but more importantly more people are starting to get involved in the offense, and they're really, really going to need that.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that you mentioned that ball movement, which which surprised me because um, Joe Golding did not like the offensive performance for, uh, from tonight. And who knows what he's going to see on film. Maybe he ends up liking a little bit more than what he initially thought. Maybe it was the turnovers. Miners finished with nine turnovers in this one, and and maybe that's the case that he wants this team to protect the ball way better. Yeah. And it wasn't like uh, you know, Florida in- International was getting steals. It was just you know, out of bounds turnovers. It was passes that just weren't going their way. Yeah, Yeah, and Mm. and stuff like that. And real quick correction on my end, Florida Atlantic, the Miners scored 70 in that win. They won 70-68. to Uh, So they follow up a 70 point performance with another 79 point performance. So it kind of tells you this, when the Miners have their offense going, they pretty much win some of those games. They they don't want it to go up in the 80s. That's not what they want. They don't want a shootout type of game. But they want to just kind of grind it out and get to 70 plus and try to win those games like that.
1: And you know what? That's my bad. I was thinking of the women's score. That was the 54-52 point game. And that is my bad completely... And, uh, yeah, I own up to it.
0: No, no worries. Don't worry, Sal. Uh, th- uh, let's keep going. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You could check us out there. Let's take our first time out of the program. When we come back, we're going to talk player by player, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the game itself and kind of give you the game summary. And then later on in the show, we'll also bring you our awards, including our Keith Southwest Player of the Game and our Hot Hand of the Game game brought to you by wind supply el paso the miners have now won 5 games in a row they defeated florida international 79 to 68 you're listening to miner talk brought to you by the oscar at the agency right here on 600 espn el paso All right. Welcome back. Minor Talk is live. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Broaddus. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. With seven locations across El Paso from the west side of Fabens, you can contact the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, or life insurance needs. If you're getting started with a policy review this year to start off 2022 – Give the Oscar IDF Agency a call and get started with a free no obligation insurance policy online at, at com. Let's go phones right now as we continue here on Minor Talk. Let's go to Javier, who's joining us first. The Miners, again, have now won five in a row. If you'd like to talk about it with us, now is the time to do it at eight eight zero five seven six three. UTEP defeats Florida International seventy nine to sixty-eight. Javier, good evening. What'd you think of this game?
2: Well, first of all, I tell you what, this is great. I tell you what, first of all, I want to give kudos to you guys. You guys are so great at what you guys are doing. I tell you what, I am so excited. I've been doing this for many, many years, since the 80s, with John Fisher. So I want to give kudos to John Fisher because he is the best of the best. He's the best
0: in the business. What a week for Teicher, huh, Javier? He had uh, had uh, called the buzzer beater victory for the Miners on uh, Thursday. That one ended up being number three on Sports Center Top Ten, and now you turn around and have a big game on on uh, Saturday. And now the Miners have won five in a row. So, Javier, I think a lot of Miner fans are pretty excited, like you.
2: You better believe it. You know what? I have been so excited whether the wind or losers. But you know what? The most exciting thing is that now you guys are doing something better. You guys are being able to express the miners, UTEP, and the whole city of El Paso. So kudos to you. But one of the things is that I wanna I wanna my question is this, how about this coach? And I'll tell you what, this coach has been awesome. Uh, he is brand new. He is uh, so awesome. I don't know whether he nobody can replace the Dan Haskell, nobody. But this guy has done so much good for this community. I don't know. This is my personal opinion. But what do you think about this coach? Is he? Um, do you think he's gonna bring us forward to uh, at least uh, at least some for our championship because of the way he thinks, the way he uh, admires uh, UTEP and what he brings forth to our community
0: yeah great question there Javier and hey I appreciate the phone call man it, it seems like you and and a lot of minor fans are pretty excited about head coach Joe Golding I would say this you know whether it's the good that you're trying to take in the bad that you want to hold on to whatever it may be um I think everybody has to have realistic expectations about him and this whole coaching staff and this program moving forward so before they talk about things like championships uh NCAA appearances things Things like that. I, I think Joe Golding wants to get this program right, and I, I feel like the first step is bringing the roster that he really wants in. I'm not saying that he doesn't want this roster necessarily, but just kind of getting his guys. Let's see a full year of hit, of Joe Golding. See what kind of players he can recruit, what kind of coaches that he will have after a year, and uh, how the miners will kind of look in year two and three. I think uh, they kind of need to take the first steps in kind of being uh, being that you know expected. Uh, a team that expects to win week after week or night after night and turn into that kind of team versus a team that is trying to hold on to wins like this and and get wins at home and and I think that's the next step for this team kind of uh, make out the roster make sure that they have the right coaches in place and then kind of go from you know hoping to win these games hoping to go on a win streak to expecting to win these games and I think it takes some time to get to that point but I, I, I feel like what we've seen so far I feel like you could be pretty optimistic about joe golding and this staff and try to turn it and you know in terms of trying to turn things around
1: yeah i think it's all about building that foundation that's what this season is really i mean this five game win streak is nice you know being able to overcome deficits and and have your identity known as the defense is cool but in people are in my opinion are starting to jump to year two year three kind of expectations in year one and if it doesn't happen that way, you know, you can't be heartbroken because this is still the year where they're instilling that foundation. But what I will say, though, is that it is promising that this team is able to overcome, you know, the adversities that they face to, to instill that defense so early and have that identity of a scrappy, aggressive team. I think that's awesome.
0: I think it is too. Let's go back to Twitter real quick, and then we'll get to Joe Rod Pinky. Uh, he tweets the show: exciting victory tonight, great win, Miners. Listen on the radio, Vintage John Teicher on the radio with awesome crowd noise in the in the background. More wins than last year. Coach Golding is golden. That's right. Last year they went twelve and twelve in a pandemic shortened season. But even though it was a little bit of shortened season, they was, still went twelve and twelve on the year five hundred. Whereas this year, Sal, they're already at thirteen wins. Thirteen and eight on the season. They've already surpassed their win total from last year. I think that's a that's something noteworthy
1: that people should really you know hold true in this. And you know what? Not only is it noteworthy because they surpassed it, but they surpassed it before they even got to February.
0: Exactly. You know? Yeah,
1: good point. And they and John Tysha mentioned something really really interesting as well. Since uh, since conference USA play transitioned to eighteen conference games, their best record. Um, to date was six and three. Well, what is their record today in Conference USA? Six and three. So, solely but surely, uh, this team is starting to uh, to reestablish UTEP as a as a respectable opponent in the conference, and you know, hopefully, within the coming years, one of the uh, legitimate threats to uh, to post for a top four seed when it comes to conference tournament play.
0: Our telephone number is 880-5763 If you'd like to get in, the UTEP Miners defeated Florida International seventy nine to sixty eight. Let's go to Joe Rod, who's joining us now to break down the post game press conference after. The- the miners got this victory, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us on the phones, man. Uh, what did you think of Joe Golding after the game? What was his response after the miners' fifth straight win?
3: Hey, what's going on, Adrian? No, um, absolutely. When uh, Coach Golding uh, talks about, um, he, he he obviously talks about uh, the the second half, uh, obviously performance by UTEP to try and get you know to get back in the game. Um, He he spent a lot of time tonight, Adrian, uh, breaking down uh, specifically the efforts of of some individual players, um, specifically towards the the second half of the game. He talked about how Saucy, Christian Agnew, um, he opted to go with him over Jarrell Satterfield. And he pointed out, it's not that I sat Jarrell down because he was struggling scoring the ball. That wasn't it. But he just kind of wanted to go with a a more defensive-oriented player, which which he got Christian Agnew tonight. And he said he did a, a... Spectacular job holding down uh, number zero for uh, FIU, which was uh, Tevin Brewer. He said he wanted specifically for Saucy to, to key on him, and that was uh, what allowed um, U- UTEP to kind of uh, do what they needed to do to get the win. Another thing that he he specifically talked about is he was very, very happy with his bench's effort down the stretch in the first half. As you remember, UTEP was down by about five, six points, uh, narrowed it down to just a bucket going into the half, and 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 Coach Golding credited that kind of uh, ability to only going down uh, going to the halftime down by a bucket to the role players that were able to 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 make things happen uh, with about four uh, four to five minutes left in the second half. If you remember, uh, Jabal enemy had to sit down because yep. he had two fouls. So he said he was very just very happy with the way those those things were able, and obviously. Um, the thing that the keys to to the victory and them coming back in the second half, Coach Holding talked about their ability to get defensive stops, their ability to rebound. There was a much better effort in their ability to rebound in the second half. Um, Obviously, for the final statistics, 35 rebounds for FIU, 34 uh, rebounds for UTEP, uh, very close, obviously, in that statistical margin. So he said that that was a key for for them to, to be able to do that. As for areas of improvement, he felt that um, tonight, despite Utah being able to get the win, he didn't feel that their half-court offense uh, was as efficient. And uh, he said it was just because of the different kinds of looks that FIU um, gave them tonight. So, you know, it's something that uh, obviously they want to they focus on. As for uh, the players, uh, after the game, Titus Verhoeven and Sule Boom spoke with the medium. Um, basically, once again, good thing. Every time we get these, two, you know, whoever, whatever two players you have media relations provides for us, um, they're usually in agreement with the performance and today uh, or tonight wasn't the exception. Both of them uh, felt that uh, their defensive effort was what allowed them to get back in the game. Obviously, they felt that they need to uh, work. Uh, one of the things that Titus and, and Sule said that they need to work on is they need to work on uh, rotating and scrambling on ball screens. They're perfectly aware that the next two teams that they face on the road, which is going to be North Texas and Rice, they run a lot of ball screens. So they feel that that's something that they need to work on over the course of the week to be able to go into Denton and Houston uh, next week. And, of course, rebounding. They were very aware that they got out-rebounded in the first half, and uh, you know that's something that they want to work on. As for Titus Verhoeven, um, obviously, Adrian, he's been a bigger factor on Thursday night. He was a big factor tonight. And we asked him about that, and he said that he feels that he's finding a groove and he's very well aware of it. Obviously, he was inconsistently seeing action recently, and he said that his ability to watch, watch complete games from the bench, as much as it hurt him uh, not to be able to contribute to the team and, and being sidelined on the bench, he said that he saw some things, and I think he's, that he feels that he's starting to apply what he saw over those games uh, to, to obviously become a, a, a bigger factor in, in, in the UTEP uh, effort. Uh, at
0: this point in the season. Hey Joe, you gave me a lot of great stuff to work with. Uh, I I just have one quick follow up for you. Did you think yes, the team? Did you think the team uh, celebrated a little too much on uh, on on Thursday? And as a result, is do you think that's the reason they kind of uh, started off a little a little bit sluggish to start things off in this game? It seems like from what you told me, what Joe Golding said, it seems like that's what maybe he thinks, or at least he thought after the game.
3: No, I don't think uh, neither Coach Golding, neither Suley or Titus kind of acknowledged that. I don't think there was any connection there. Um, One thing that Joe Golding did say with regards to the way the game started, he goes uh, that the Miners ran into a little bit of fool's gold at the beginning of the game, going, I believe, uh, uh, five out of six from three-point range within the first five, six minutes of the game. He knew that obviously that wasn't going to last. So, um, you know, they traded basket for basket. Um, so, you know, he was glad that, you know, Joe Golden called it fold gold there. Um, but he was glad that, you know, they were able to, to, to settle in and, and just move forward from that. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it's good that they're aware of that and I'm glad that the miners they weren't. Re- they didn't go from one extreme to the other tonight, especially in the fr- in the first half. And I'm talking about offensively. They didn't get very, very hot at the beginning and then go ice cold. I think they maintained uh, that even kill tonight offensively, and I, I think that's what obviously kept them in the game in the first half and then, of course, in the second half. Um, you know, I think, Aiden, and I ask this to you, I ask it to Sal, I think we saw the best 20 minutes uh, that UTEP has played thus far this season, um, the most thorough 20 minutes into tonight's second half.
0: Good, good question. We'll, we'll talk about that one off air real quick, but f- before we let you go, Joe, I want to ask you this. Uh, UTEP has now just finished the first half of their Conference USA schedule, nine games left. They're 13-8 and overall. They've won five straight games. Where will UTEP finish in Conference USA? If you had to guess right now on uh, January 29th, where will this team finish when it's all said and done in the league?
3: Um, I would definitely have to say top, at least, at bare minimum, it wouldn't be surprising if they finish in the top four. Wow, as okay. Far as, as far as in, in their division. So as far as the tournament ranking goes, I think anything, uh, obviously a first-round buy, I think would be fantastic for the Miners. How about that? Wow, good stuff there, Joe. Hey, so, appreciate one it, man. Thing, one, thing, one thing that Coach, uh, Coach Golding uh, did talk about, uh, point out, and that's something that people are pleased they have to keep in mind the next five out of the six games are on the road.
1: Yes. So if there's a little bit of
3: dip in results, um, let's just hope it's not a direct correlation to their effort. You know, maybe they put on an amazing effort, but because of the fact that, you know, being on the road is taxing, maybe that's why they won't get the results. So it'll be very interesting to differentiate, I think, for the minors, these next five out of six games as far as what their performance was like separate that from what the result might be at the end of the day.
0: Hey, great stuff, Joe. Have a great weekend, man. You take care, and we'll talk to you next week,
3: okay? You boys keep up the good work. We'll be in touch.
0: All right, that's Joe Rod joining us on the phone lines right now as we continue here on Minor Talk. Got a lot of tweets to get to as well, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. But let's stick with Joe Rod's call and the question he asked, was that the best 20 minutes that you saw in the second half? Sal, I'm going to say no. I I still think there were uh, a couple other games where they did a little bit better. Uh, I I also even just look at some of those games where they blew out teams and that's the way that you finish out games or that's how you have a complete second half. And I I thought at times in the second half, The miners did have some uh, struggles, whether it be the turnovers that they had, letting FIU kind of come back in, or you know being down uh, early into the second half. So I can't call it the best twenty minutes. Uh, I like the stretch that they had; that that was one of the hottest uh, stretches I've Mm -hmm. seen them at home. Uh, But I wouldn't say it's like the best twenty minutes I've seen.
1: It it all depends on what people are saying. Best is right. Is best going to be you know just overall performance? Is best going to be you know being able to maintain that offense which is uh you know pretty much being efficient on the floor it also while being complemented by the defense if that's what you're looking for i'm gonna go with well, pick your pick either one when it comes to the southern miss game so to speak now as far as most meaningful win we we discussed this as well i think we had the same conversation too yeah um but I, I would say the the best win and i know that's not the direct question would have been the old dominion one um but in terms of um efficiency against a team that is 500 or better, I'm going to go with the second half tonight for sure.
0: Okay, right. nice. Uh, Let's keep it going. 880-5763. That's our telephone number on our poll right now. UTEP is now on five straight. They're 13-8 overall. Where will the Miners finish in Conference USA? 59% of the voters, now 60% of the voters, have voted 4th through 7th. The Miners will finish 4th through 7th in Conference USA, similar to what uh, Joe Rod also said on the phone with us today. Uh, Let's go back to and read some tweets. we got a bunch to get to now. This coming from Kingsley Onyema on the show. Five wins in a row. A record winning streak in five years. Congrats guys. Keep the streak going. Bring energy. Go Miners. Hashtag believe. That's coming from Kingsley Onyema, the father of Zarek Onyema. Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets the program. Another solid win for the Miners. Looks like they are finally firing on all cylinders and running like Coach Golding wanted them to. Hashtag minor talk. This coming in from From Pinky, this coach is gold. This coach has uh, potential. This coming in from Leo underscore minor fan in regards to our minor talk poll. I take my vote back. I voted 1 through three, first through 3rd, but I still feel 4th through 7th. However, if this team continues to get better like they have, I think they have a potential to upset a 1 through 3 in the conference tournament. What do you think about that sentiment right there, Sal? Because you know I I think this is all this what we're talking about has to have an asterisk right because we're we're forgetting the biggest part of all this Will the miners have Keontae Kennedy yeah. back or not? I think Keontae Kennedy gives you uh, one, maybe two extra wins than you would have got uh, than you would have if you don't have uh, Keontae Kennedy. He's worth two, one to two wins just alone in his presence. So I think uh, when we're talking about all this stuff, we're also forgetting about Keontae Kennedy in yeah. the mix. If he's in the mix, man, I put the miners up there in-, in terms of just maybe knocking off, like what Leo said, knocking off a one through three seed.
1: I mean, it's possible for sure, but but having Keontae Kennedy back would, would be huge. I mean, the, the team's identity that we've been talking about, right, aggressive – defense and you know getting those buckets you know in spurts that's Keontae Kennedy to a T. I mean we in that's my right. in my opinion I think he's the best overall player when it comes uh down to who you look at as on the roster for sure without a doubt the best uh defender on ball defender the best rebounder and we pair that with a guy who was starting to hit his stride offensively right before you know he went down I, I think this is a guy who can I don't want to say add something people add to him Yes, that's a good point. So this is a a big, big piece of this basketball team that UTEP is missing right now. So for them to... Even be on a five-game win streak. Uh, Some might even say it's it's an overachievement while he's been out. That's a good point, Sal.
0: Because uh, I mean, you 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 lost your second leading scorer in Kennedy, yet the miners are still able to rally around with the other pieces that they have. So Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty good as far as adjusting to the season and the adversity that's hit them uh, in every way. So yeah, good point there, Sal. Uh, Back to Twitter. Eric Fournier tweets the show. Oh, this is an interesting one. UTEP should win six of the last nine games on their schedule also this is the productivity that i was hoping titus would bring to the table uh interesting so so two things that we got to break down there and yeah. i, I want to get to individual players in just a little bit uh but i still want to stick with what he talked about six of the next nine are, are we ready to do it or not yet let's uh, let's save it let's save it for let's, the end let's yeah. save it yeah let's say and, and we'll kind of reel off the games and see and kind of Prognosticate where UTEP will finish. So we'll save that one, Eric. We'll 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 uh, talk about that one. I'm curious to know, Eric, if you're still listening to us, which of those six games, uh, six of those nine, are you picking the Miners to win? I- I'm curious for that. So let us know. Send us a message or, or send us a tweet six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. This is coming from seven five seven Minor. At 757 Minor, after watching them beat Old Dominion here in Nor- Norfolk, I knew this team was going to be a fun team to watch. Let's keep that streak going. This coming in from Champion at 73 Minor. We'll probably end up 9-9 and in conference, possibly 10-8 and if things go well. Wins come from Marshall, Rice, and... And Southern Miss. Underdogs all the way, but hoping. Hashtag minor talk.
1: So, so I'm guessing that would be a split with, uh, with Rice.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what he's saying. Yeah. So interesting. This coming from Kingsley. You are the real deal, an appreciative and humble coach. And this is why the city of El Paso and minor fans are behind you and your team. 5 and 0, bring the energy. Congrats to you and your team at Joe Golding. That's, uh, that's coming from, uh, Joe Golding on, uh, Twitter. Actually, This is interesting. Um, Joe Golding actually tweeted out a thank you to all the fans who've been out Mm -hmm. to to all these games and have helped them for the past uh, couple weeks. He says, bring a friend, hashtag go minors. So that's coming from Joe Golding. Real interesting there as as he sends off a tweet uh, on social media. This coming from Bryce Chauvin. If the team had Bryce and Williams and a healthy Kennedy, they would win Conference USA. Wow. D- Alright, let's 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 say, Sal, <laughs> if this team had a healthy Keontae Kennedy and Bryson Williams, so that means the starting five would go like this. Sule Boom uh, would be at the two, you'd have Jamal bien at the one, you would have Keontae Kennedy at the three, you would have Titus Verhoeven at the four, and then Bryson playing that center at five. What do you think, Sal? Would they, would they win Conference USA?
1: I think we saw that team last year.
0: Yes, there you go. (laughs) Bingo. Right answer. Right answer. I
1: mean, no, I don't think so. There's so many variables. I mean, maybe with Coach Golding, the the results might be a little bit different and winning some more games. But, I mean, at the same time, I think people are underestimating how tough Conference USA can be. You know, th- this team can get hot. We know what they can be. We see the potential. But, I mean, when you look at North Texas, they're 15-4. and four. When you look at Louisiana Tech with uh, Olympian, you know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, and his team at 16-5. and five, And then you also see that they got to take on uh, UAB again. And then – They'll take on Middle Tennessee, who's first place in the East right now. I mean, that is that is going to be a very, very tall task. I mean, I could see them maybe beating a couple of those teams, but but to have to beat all of them en route to the championship in some form, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to play them all, but um, I think that's asking way too much.
0: I, I'll say this. I think it's asking too much to win conference, you say, because I think the tournament, it's, it's a lot of 50-50 chances. Yeah. It's hard to predict who's going to come out in the conference tournament. But I will say – What's separating the Miners from being a Tier 1 team, and we talked about this last time, Tier 1 teams in Conference USA are the following. North Texas, UAB, La Tech, those three teams are in the Tier 1 of Conference USA. The thing that's keeping UTEP out of the Tier 1 list, out of that top uh, tier group, is uh, a true standout player down low. And I, I think if you had a Bryson Williams type of player, a type of guys, uh, you know, that would be something where I would think, man... UTEP does have a chance, a puncher's chance to actually come out and win or, or mm-hmm. do something like that. So I, I think it's a good point. I think it's really a, a interesting point right there uh, by um, you know who, who is this Bryce Chauvin, who tweeted us on, here on on Minor Talk eight eight zero five seven six three that's our telephone number. Go ahead, Sal. And you know
1: what too? Those three teams you mentioned that are in Tier One, what division are they in?
0: Yep, all in the West. You, that's you know, exactly so, right.
1: <laughs> I mean it, it's good that they're in the same division as them because you'll be battle tested, but uh, but still though. You, you, you got to beat one of those teams before you can say you're on their level.
0: 880-5763 That's our telephone number. Our Twitter handle is six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get to individual players. We'll uh, preview or we'll talk more about this game. We'll get into the rest of the schedule for the nine game stretch of, for the minors, and we'll also preview next week along with giving you our awards here on the show. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar at the agency. A little sensitive rain coming back by Sal Mo.
1: That's right. We had to bring it back in honor of another efficient night for Sule Boom. Over 50% from beyond the arc again, and uh, yeah, he was making it rain tonight. So Yeah, he definitely was. Buckets uh, for sale. Don't forget that. <laughs> Go get his shirt, guys. Uh, let's get uh, a
0: couple tweets to get to. Uh, 915 Sun City, complimentary of us. Yes, I agree, Tysher sure, and Yellen, but how about Adrian and Sal? You guys are the real MVPs. Appreciate that. Appreciate my fiance chiming in also on Twitter. Shout-out Alyssa, 600 That's ESPN right. El Paso on Twitter. UTEP defeats Florida International 79-68 here on the show. Uh, let's let's keep things moving. We're talking individual players, and then we'll get into uh, the next nine games for the Miners. We're asking people on Twitter right now, if you'd like to weigh in on this, you can give us a call, 880-5763. Miners have won five straight, 13-8 overall. Where will the Miners finish in Conference USA? 60% of the votes – Say 4th through 7th. 34% 34% of the votes say first through third, and then uh, I think probably just one or two votes have voted eighth through tenth and eleventh through fourteenth. Uh, 62 votes so far in on this poll, and the majority thinks that UTEP will finish fourth through seventh in Conference USA. UTEP defeats Florida International 79 68. If you'd like to talk about it with us, 8805763. Let's get into some individual player performances from tonight. Uh, let's start with uh, some bench players. Zarek Oniema played just five minutes off the bench he had four fouls five minutes four fouls so Zarek's got to. You know calm that down a little bit but he had two steals brought the team some energy mm-hmm. uh, couldn't find the ball offensively but I like what he brought defensively in this game uh, in this one also I was just you know really impressed with two bench guys and Alfred Hollins, Christian Agnew I mean saucy let, let's be honest man let's let's bring it back because he was in the doghouse before he w- went out with covid he just hadn't really found his spot on the court and now we find it we, we know it right here and I'm gonna be I'm gonna give you uh not necessarily Necessarily a hot take, but maybe a hot take. <laughs> I think. Agnew should start in place of Jarrell Satterfield I really do I think Satterfield could come off the bench for this team and provide a scoring spark as a three-point specialist and a sharp shooter but not necessarily a starter for this team and I'll tell you why because I really like Christian Agnew's defense I think it's so valuable for this team offensively you know he's he's a little reckless at times but he still ends up with points he finds a way to get points whether he draws fouls he goes up for layups I don't really like his outside shooting as much, but that's okay. He finished tonight with seven points. He also uh, finished this game with five total fouls. He had two rebounds, four assists. So he's he's uh, sharing the ball, three uh, three steals. And how about this Sal? The most efficient player on the floor tonight in twenty five minutes of action, Christian Agnew was plus eighteen, yeah. and that just shows you. I mean, I said it on Thursday when Jarrell Satterfield is simply blanketed by defenses, is not hitting shots and that's exactly what we saw against FAU and FIU he couldn't hit shots he was uh, being heavily guarded heavily by the other team you know almost face guard when satterfield can't make shots He's almost, I mean, I don't want to knock Satterfield too much, but he he just doesn't give you those valuable minutes like Agnew would in place of him. So that's why I like the switch for Saucy. Uh, we didn't see much of Drill Satterfield for the rest of the game, especially in the second half. Only seventeen minutes in this game. Agnew he really filled that role nicely at the two guard, and uh, he I thought he was great tonight.
1: I think he's he's a guy who really fits the uh, the Coach Golding system. You know that that high intensity style of play. And we said this last time as well there's really no switch uh there's really no gear it's just a switch it's on or off 110 miles per hour or or you know the car is off when, when it comes to Christian Agnew and over the stretch of this a uh, win streak we started to see him be a lot more efficient but when we when we kind of break down these numbers a bit more he gets three steals which we can expect you know this is a guy who who's all over the floor on defense uh you know he's really really tough to get by but aside from that though uh one of the things that that people have really harped on him for was uh, the inefficient shooting, you know, just putting up a large number of shots and not finishing. Well, although he goes two for six, this is a guy who makes the right choice uh, four different times and gets credited for, uh, you know, those buckets uh, being made. And aside from that, too, if you even break it down, those hockey assists, so to speak, passing it to the guy who gets the assist, you know, and I, I think we saw that in the ball movement especially in the second half, but uh, he's a guy who's really, really starting to find his place on this team.
0: Yeah, I really like it, too, Um, and I like the fact that uh, with Christian Agnew— he is finding his place. I like I like the fact that he is uh, bouncing back after a tough stretch early in January, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, now he's he's really finding his role on this team. And I think Alfred Hollins is too. It's something like Steve Yellen said, one shot can really set you up. But, hey, mm-hmm. that, that can be the case. One shot, like a buzzer beater shot in what Al- Alfred Hollins did, that could really set him up for more success moving forward because he chips in with 22 minutes off the bench. Sibley is still a little hurt slash not really playing well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sibley 0 for 5 from the floor. He had 6 rebounds, which did help the minors, but he also had a turnover in this game. Hollins gave you a lot, 11 points. He uh, helped out a lot defensively, and he was plus 15 in terms of efficiency. So uh, when we're talking about interchangeable guards uh, at the 2 spot with Christian Agnew and Jarrell Satterfield, you're also talking about interchangeable 3s or 4s, tweeners, between Alfred Hollins and Jamari Sibley. That role has been defined right there. Yeah. It seems like those two guys will share those minutes.
1: And you know what, too? I think it's, it's um – it's it's really earned a lot more attention on those guys with whoever it is that they're going up against. I think part of why we've seen Satterfield's numbers dip has been because he's been so hot throughout the stretch. You know, team's made it a point to either shut him down or slow him down, and, and we've seen that he's been shut down these last couple of games, and that's opening up doors for other guys. There right? you go. And Perfect. Al- Alfred Hollins comes in and this is a guy who, who finishes with, uh, let's see here, with 11 points. You just said that too. But he finishes with 11, and that's another guy in double Digits, so uh, who, who's cracking? You know the the score column. So now, what does this mean for the guys who are taking the majority of the shots on a regular basis? That means that they're not getting as much attention because everybody else on the team is starting to shine. So piece by piece, it, it's starting to become a little bit more balanced. Not not completely balanced. You still have guys who are going to take the majority of the shots, but more and more uh, guys are starting to get attention, and that's helping out the best players on the team.
0: Yeah, I guarantee this. I, I guarantee after Sule. Bo- bo- Boom's 60 point weekend. Uh number one, I guarantee he's going to be up there in terms of candidates for conference USA player of the week. Be, yeah. That's there's no question about that. But number two, I guarantee uh North Texas and Rice, they're going to be king on Boom and they're going to be they're going to look at Biennemi and Satterfield and say, "Hey, beat us there. Beat uh, JB, beat us with your shooting. Satterfield, beat us with your shooting." But they're going to focus on Sule Boom and that's exactly what we've seen is that uh-huh. te- when teams focus on Boom, that opens up space for Satterfield when teams are focused on Satterfield and guard everybody man then that make that that makes uh you know a lot of opportunities open for somebody like Sule Boom so yeah i think that it works like that and by the way with Sule Boom a bounce back week for him and and you have to give him a lot of credit because he had a, a two you know two good games against UTSA to kind of get him back on track and then he follows it up with a conference USA player of the week performance this week against both Florida schools 28 points against FAU on On Thursday, and then tonight, 32 points against FIU. So I liked his his game. He was very efficient in both nights. He he shoots extremely well at home. He feeds off the crowd, and tonight he uh, he made four three pointers. I thought they were clutch. I also thought Sule Boom driving to the basket. It was perfect. I mean, he did what he needed to do, drawing contact, doing exactly what he needed to, and. Scores in thirty plus points. I mean, that's another big thing. Uh, a nice accomplishment for Sule Boom, who uh, we've we've talked about it a lot. He struggled in the early part of January. He was shooting his worst in terms of his career uh, with. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage. I bet those numbers level out after this weekend, and, and I think that's uh, a, a cool thing for Sule Boom to kind of get his swagger back and kind of yeah. propel him for the uh, better part of the second part of conference play. Let's see what he can do in this nine-game stretch.
1: Yeah, he definitely needed it. I mean, last game, th- this guy goes 10 for 18 overall, and tonight goes 11 for 16. And when, when we kind of break down the numbers tonight, too, as efficient as he was on offense when it comes to you know putting the ball Ball in the hoop. Zero turnovers. Nice. Zero yeah. turnovers for a guy who is the focal point of the offense. That is huge.
0: It really is. Uh, speaking of zero turnovers, also only one turnover for Jamal Bienemi, who I thought also had a good night, just couldn't really shoot the ball very efficiently tonight. But thirteen points, six assists and just one turnover, plus seven for Jamal Bienemi. Another strong performance by him. Uh, and speaking of strong performances, how about Titus Verhoeven's double double? 14 points, 13 rebounds, and the rebounding is exactly what you needed because uh, in this one, FIU had 12 offensive rebounds, and Titus was able to kind of clamp down in the second half, get 10 defensive rebounds. That's exactly what UTEP uh, wanted. The turnovers were a little shaky for Titus, but he also had two blocks, so you have to be complimentary of what Verhoeven gave you. And, uh, yeah, I think exactly what Joe Rod said, he's finding his game. He he learned from the time when he was on the bench  – and he wasn't able to play yeah. with this group, whether it be his back injury that was bothering him, or uh, COVID that kept him away, or I'm um, excuse me, the concussion that kept him away. Uh, Titus Verhoeven really finding his stride, and this is exactly what fans have been wanting. I mean, Eric Fournier tweeted us earlier that this is exactly what he wanted from Verhoeven, and I think that you know this is the kind of game that you want from Titus uh, night in, night out. Let's see if he can keep it up against a very tough uh, North Texas team, and then against a Rice team who's going to throw Fiedler at him and That's a really tough opponent for Titus
1: down low. (laughs) I forgot about that guy. Max Fiedler is an exceptional guy. I mean, you're going to hear his name a lot. He's going to put some moves. But, um, you know, as far as Titus Verhoeven goes, uh, I think the most important thing for him has just been, you know, really being out there. Finding some form of a, of a consistency when it comes to game time and gameplay, and we we've, we've gotten to see that over these last couple of games. And uh, you, you you mentioned it, Steve had um, or Tyson had mentioned it along with Steve Yellen, and as well as Golding. Uh, but but one of the things for Titus was uh, was really just being able to be out there and and focus and, and become bigger when it comes down to being in the pain and and be that presence that they need down there because the UTEP hasn't really had it all season and they've been beaten on the boards majority of the season. They got be in tonight by one. But a big reason why that was put to a halt in the second half was because Titus Verhoeven was able to be healthy, able to be out there and get consistent minutes.
0: Yeah, in the first half, they lost a rebound margin 21 to 15. In the second half, they clamped down and, and lose it by just one. So you're exactly right there, Sal. 8805763, that's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, let's talk about this uh, nine game stretch. Yeah, Minors, it. and then we'll close things out by handing out some awards, and then we'll wrap it up here on the show. Sal, I'm going to defer to you tonight for the awards. So, uh, hope the the audience <laughs> is nice to you in, in terms of this. But I, I you've we'll been see. picking some good awards lately, so I'm going to defer to you on this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm down with that. In all honesty, man, I, I just say the names. It's the guys who do the work. So, good I, stuff. I, I have no problem, uh, you know, not having to run sprints and practice every day.
0: <laughs> okay, Sal, so I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm going to just reel off teams, and you tell me win or loss, and I'm going to give you mine. So, so. So we'll give you, uh, everybody their record after this stretch. Uh, you keep track of your record. I'll keep track of mine. All right. Um, let's okay. Let's do it. It's the first okay. So they're okay. thirteen and eight overall. They've won six games in conference USA. They're six and three overall. This is the last nine games of conference play. They've already wrapped up their first part of the conference USA stretch. Here's the second part. Uh, Away against North Texas, win or loss? Loss. Okay, I'm going to say loss as well. Then I'm going to also say, uh, okay, so then Rice, win or loss?
1: I'm going to go loss
0: on okay. that one. Okay, uh, interesting.
1: But, but another thing, too, to keep in mind is that these two teams, the Miners play them twice. So okay. So await the second result. Okay, Marshall. I have that one as a win.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to, okay, hold on just a second. I'm writing mine as well. I'll, I'll reel off mine. La
1: Tech. I'm going to go with a win to even up the series.
0: Wow. So you're saying they go on the road and beat La Tech. Yes. Okay. At Southern Miss.
1: At Southern Miss, uh, win.
0: Okay. Um, Then um, at Middle Tennessee. Uh, You know
1: what? That one's tough to call. I'm going to go ahead and say a loss. Okay.
0: Uh, Then, okay, we got three home games. Ready? UAB. Uh,
1: I think UAB sweeps UTEP. Okay. Um. I'm, uh. Then you have Rice. I have Rice in the rematch. The Miners win that one. Okay. North Texas. And in a game where seating is impacted by the result of this game, I'm going to say the Miners close the season out with a win.
0: Okay. All right. So what does that record count for you, uh, Sal? Let's
1: see. Uh. Two and it's three and two, three and three, three and. I'm four, not very good at math four, either. Four I, Uh. Five and four. Miners.
0: Nice. Okay. So you have them going five and four to close things out. All right. Yeah. I have this. All right, I have the following. So I have them losing to North Texas. Mm-hmm. I have them beating Rice on Saturday. I have them beating Marshall. So back to back wins. Uh, I have them losing to La Tech, winning against Southern Miss, losing to Middle Tennessee, losing to UAB, oh, beating Rice, and then losing to North Texas. So uh, I don't even know. I can't. I can't, see I can't here. math here. Let's see. So one and one to
1: one to two.
0: I have them going four or no five think i have them winning five of their last nine games so something like that
1: yeah four and five four and five yeah, okay four and five by a game. Uh-huh. so
0: so that actually uh, rounds out my earlier i mean my prediction to start off the season finishing out the year uh, 17 and 13 overall uh yeah, kind of 9 and 9. People some some people have them in that 9 and 9 area. I have them in the 10 win area in Conference USA. So, um interesting. It's it's going to be a tough stretch for the Miners. This is what Eric Fournier, I promised I promised that I would read this back. He says that they would lose to North Texas, La Tech and Middle Tennessee, but then they would ri- win the rest. So that includes winning at home against UAB. That's what Eric Fournier tweeted us okay. and and said, "But hey, I think for those toss-up games, those tough games, even the one that you mentioned on the road, the La Tech game, Mm -hmm. I said that they would uh, maybe beat – who did I say? I said that they would beat Rice on the road. I think for some of those 50-50 games, it's going to be interesting to see how the Miners will stack up against uh, tougher competition if they're maybe just a year away from winning those uh, games against tougher opponents. But, yeah, I'm I'm curious. This next nine-game stretch will tell us a lot about this team, of course. And uh, let's see where the Miners can finish off. In conference USA play, where do you see them finishing? If you had to, uh, you know, pick today um, where they finish in conference USA before the, you know, you know, like uh, their seating for the tournament, yeah. where where do they finish?
1: In the grand scheme of things, uh, when it comes to it, I'd say probably like sixth overall.
0: Okay, I said 6th, and I wrote it down. So yeah? okay. I, I'm agreeing with you. I think they're going to finish like right around 6th, maybe 5th. Maybe they, they get to that 5th spot. I mean, Who it's knows? possible.
1: It also depends um, who's in front of them and behind them in terms of what their records are. If it comes down to a tiebreaker, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a 7th, if that's the case, if they have a, you know, whoever it is at that point has a tiebreaker over UTEP. Uh, but, but the reason why I bring this up is because out of the last nine games, as it stands right now, only two teams uh, have a less than five hundred record. Two teams, that being Marshall, who beat UAB earlier this year, and the other one being Southern Miss.
0: Wow, so a lot of parody in this conference. Big time, and, yeah. And the minors right now, as it is, they're fourth in conference USA in the in the overall standings. They are fourth in conference USA, so that's <laughs> and how things are. In the
1: West.
0: Yeah, that's how. Yeah, the fourth <laughs> in the West. That's too. funny too. Yeah, most definitely. Hey, uh, that that's gonna kind of do it for us talking about this the upcoming schedule. Uh, Sal, let's get to some awards here on the show. Let, let's okay. uh, award some of these players after this win. Uh, first off, it's our hot hand of the game, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. There's some good candidates of this one. You could go Titus Verhoeven after he had a four. 13 point 13 rebound performance. You could go Christian Agnew and what he was able to do uh in the second half on the defensive side, leading the team with three steals, mm-hmm. chipped in with seven points off the bench. You could go Alfred Hollins, eleven points mm-hmm. off the bench, or even Jamal Bienemi in his thirteen point effort. Sal, hot hand of the game. Where are we going?
1: You know what? Uh I, I'm gonna I hope they're okay with me changing the award name, but let's go hot hands of the game and, and let's go with Titus for
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Hot hand of the game is Titus Verhoeven. That's thanks to Keats, uh, excuse me, Wind Supply El Paso. You can keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty with a new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is the official champion uh, heating and cooling product dealer. And to locate your nearest champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Sal, player of the game? Is it any debate?
1: Uh, no debate at all. Let's go with uh, Sule Boom. This man is on a mission. He's been exceptional. He's been on fire. He's been everything that the miners have needed and more throughout these uh, these last two games. And of course, he's pitched in on defense in the in the other three games uh, when it came down to defense as well. So uh, I think this is a guy who's really really starting to hit his stride and taking advantage of uh, Jarrell Satterfield getting so much attention when he's on the floor, taking advantage of teams closing in on other guys and uh, also being more vocal and, and an exceptional leader, so Sule Boom, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, Sule Boom winning the player of the game. That That's thanks to Keats Southwest. They deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. You can learn more about Keats Southwest online today at keatssw.com. Turning the page, looking over to next week, North Texas is the hottest team in all of Conference USA. They've won seven in a row. They're 8-2 and at their home. They're 5-0 and on the road, which is also really impressive. Yeah. 15-4 and overall, 8-1 in conference play. This team is tough. North Texas is going to bring a lot against the Miners. I-, I would love to know when's the last time UTEP has beaten North Texas. It feels like a long time. Ooh. And uh, Grant McCaslin, he just has something against the Miners because – Every time he goes up against UTEP, it seems like that North Texas team is ready to go. Uh, I, I believe the last time the Miners went out there back last, just last year, or maybe it was the year before, but I, I almost remember it was last year. UTEP just got murdered; like it was, they put out like a thirty-point performance. It was a rough, rough go-around. Uh, I got I got to double-check on that one, but Sal, whenever UTEP plays uh, the Mean Green, it's just one of those tough games uh, for the Miners to try to win. It's it's one of those that. If you win it, sure, great. Yeah, it was that 33-point performance last Ooh. year, January 15th. They lost 63-33. to 33. UTEP lost by 30 points.
1: North Texas always gives UTEP fits, Sal. Big time, and that's what I'm looking at right now on the uh, the website utepminers.com. This is pretty cool. I don't know if people have uh, have noticed this yet. Maybe I'm just late to the party, but it actually has a uh, UTEP against North Texas uh, series breakdown. And when it comes down to it, UTEP is six and five against uh, against the North Texas Mean Green, uh, but they are riding a four game losing streak to wow. North Texas. So uh, that. Uh, you know that's what it shows right there. Home record against this team is two and two. Away at the uh, Super Pit, they're four and three. But we we've noticed uh, that some of those uh, losses have been in the recent stretch. Uh, however, uh, yeah, North Texas has had the uh, the all time or not all time, but they've had the uh, the hot hand these last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Last time UTEP beat North Texas, March 3rd, 2018, uh, 68-66. That's the last time the Miners beat North Texas. That was actually in Denton, uh, and it was actually Matt Wilms who dunked off an Evan Gilliard alley-oop with just three seconds left (laughs) to help uh, the Miners get the victory. So shout-out to Matt Wilms, who was actually out tonight at the Haskins Center. That's the last time UTEP has beaten North Texas, and that was on the road. Omega Harris had 18 points in that win. Isaiah Osborne also had 17 points for the Miners along with Evan Gilliard who had 16 to chip in for for this team. Uh, Sal, anything else that you would like to add? The Miners have won five in a row. Can they make it six against North Texas? It's going to be a tough one next week.
1: Uh, Can they? Yes. Will they? I mean, that's going to be up to them. They they certainly have all the momentum right now. Um, I I think another thing to look out for, more so in this game than than people were kind of concerned about going into uh, the game against Florida international is what is that energy going to be like? I think people were concerned, Hey, are they going to come out, you know, overconfident, you know, too high on the win at a buzzer with the buzzer beater, or can you flip it around and say, how is this team going to go in? Are they going to be overconfident because they're riding a five game win streak, or you can even flip that around on the other side and say, Hey, they know that this team is, number one at Conference USA and they want to put on a show give that great effort and, and come out with the win so it, it all just depends on which team shows up that day.
0: This coming in from our pal Kevin Sweeney, who works with Sports Illustrated at CBB Central. Joe Golding is starting to get UTEP defending at Abilene Christian levels. Miners beat FIU tonight for their fifth straight win to get to 6-3 and three in Conference USA. Having conceded 70-plus points since December, and wow. they are a top-70 T-ranked defense in that time period, Conference USA sleeper. That's coming from Kevin Sweeney, our guy out at SI. And uh, this coming from Joe Chacon on Twitter, Great game today. Would love to see this team press the gas pedal when they get up by seven or eight points. Yeah. But I'll take the win one game at a time. Always a great show. Hashtag repping from Cali now. Hashtag Mountain Standard Time soon. Hashtag Miner chalk uh, That's coming from Joe Chacon. Hey, I think that'll wrap things up for us here on the program. The Miners get an 11-point victory against Florida International. Thank you so much for everybody who called us, who tweeted us, who listened in here on Miner Talk. If you missed any of Miner Talk, you can check us out on our podcast channel. Wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be back in action Thursday as the Miners take on North Texas. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus saying so long, and thank you so much for listening to Miner Talk, brought to you by the Oscar IDF Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.